How's it going, everybody? This is Brian for Pop Culture Crossing, and today we are talking about the 2005 sport brawler movie, Green Street Hooligans. So this movie provides a glimpse at the underlying fanaticism within British and European football. Now, football fans take their teams and their reputations and the sport as a whole very seriously. So much so that it can cloud judgment and lead to fights that result in serious injury and, at times, death. Nevertheless, at its core, Green Street Hooligans has a positive message about the importance of family or having a unit that resembles a family, even if they're just close friends or, you know, some other type of organization. And the discernment of when to know when you should stand your ground and when you should just walk away. Now, the movie's story follows Matt Buckner, who is wrongfully expelled from Harvard University. In order to process what just happened to him and clear his head, he decides to move to London, where he is set to live with his sister and her family. It doesn't take long after Matt arrives in London that he is introduced to and becomes involved with his brother-in-law's brother, Pete Dunham. Now, Pete is the head of a firm, and firms are the organizations of fanatic football fans who aggressively defend their team's reputation, and they're the ones who rumble with opposing fans. Now, after, after a time, you know, there's some hesitation at first, but Matt does, uh, you know, gain the trust of and join the Green Street Elite, or the GSE, which is Pete's firm which represents the West Ham United team. Now, Matt's growing involvement with Pete and the GSE clashes with his family's views and his previous life he had at Harvard, where he was aspiring to become a journalist. Now, Green Street Hooligans has the necessary components for a fast-paced, energetic, and high-octane story but more importantly it contains some important lessons that should be heard by all of us hooligan status aside now green street hooligans pace progresses very rapidly after the necessary exposition matt and pete are introduced and their adventures and their friendship gets right off to a good start and it's actually really nice how the pace corresponds and parallels the narrative and character elements so not surprisingly, you know, you have these people involved with the firms. They're living fast-paced lives, and this coincides with the fast-paced nature of the film. One moment, you may have firm members at work. The next moment, they may be at a pub, you know, prepping for the match. And shortly after that, they may be having bricks thrown at their faces by rival firms. So this, you know really just meshes well in terms of the pacing on the technical side as well as the narrative side that it really reflects the true lifestyle that the firm members lead. Now there is one narrative device or structural element that I want to mention here and this is the final match. So there's this culminating match where you have the GSE and one of their big rivals. They're paired together for a tournament and both sides are equally excited for this match because it hasn't happened for like over a decade. And they're obviously excited to have an opportunity to smash each other's heads in after the game. However, the match itself 
is essentially a MacGuffin, and that means that it's a plot element that doesn't really get fulfilled or serve a true purpose. Yes, the uh, the rumble itself does occur, but it occurs independent of the final match. I think it would have been nice on the one hand to have the match shown because that would have provided the game and the stadium atmosphere to fuel the excitement of the firms and you know the craziness of the brawl that would follow however the final climactic fight is shot in a more somber and poignant way and it's actually quite haunting so yes the match itself is a MacGuffin, but the fight it is still very well portrayed now the film has two separate narratives at play here on the one hand you have matt and pete's activities with the gse and on the other hand, you have this clash of Matt's new life um, and his family, you know, the GSE with his old life. And these competing elements are presented effectively and quite convincingly. And thankfully, they do not break the film's pacing structure. So not surprisingly, the film's tone is also interconnected with its pace. Tonal elements include searching for one's place after betrayal, having a strong sense of family or brotherhood, and tension and danger. Now, I mentioned tension here specifically because, like I said, at one moment, the characters may be enjoying themselves in a pub. The next moment, you know, they may be having their faces bruised by the fists of rival hooligans. And... You know, I say it's tense in that way. It's not really tense in the way that you would think of a thriller or horror movie, but it's more tense and like, man, I hope like something crazy doesn't happen that, you know, these guys just get wiped out by another firm or something happens that would, you know, be unforeseen. So it's tense in that sense. Now, the actors, whether they're principals or supporting uh, characters being portrayed here, put their talents on full display. Elijah Wood's Matt Buckner is very well acted, and Wood does an expert job at conveying Buckner's situation and his inner emotional turmoil, as well as his friendship and interaction, and ultimately, like, new life with Pete and the GSE. Now, Wood also does a very good job at showing how much Buckner learns and becomes streetwise through his interactions and friendships with Pete and the GSE itself. Charlie Hunnam's Pete Dunham is also masterfully portrayed here. Hunnam encapsulates Pete's gritty and coarse uh, exterior, but also his softer interior and the true uh, friendship that he really appreciates that is shown from uh, with both uh, Matt and his other GSE brothers. Now, Wood and Hunnam have very good on-screen chemistry, and it compellingly exhibits the deep friendship that both characters develop at, over the course of the movie. Leo Gregory's Bover embodies the distrust that one or more individuals, you know, would likely have when an interloper... Uh, joins your group now Bover's unease and distrust of Buckner is very realistic and the apprehension that he conveys 
toward Buckner, you know, is very palpable and it heightens the tension between the characters and the, you know, uh, cohesiveness of the GSE as a whole. Jeff Bell's Tommy Hatcher, the movie's main antagonist, is a ruthless rapscallion. And, however, and luckily, he is not a shallow antagonist by any means. We really get to understand why Tommy is the way that he is and what made him that way. And, you know, this informs why he is so violent and brutal when he fights and especially to his rivals in the GSE. Now Bell's performance helps Hatcher really stand on his own in being a three-dimensional antagonist and also just the uh, strong development of this character and the other characters like Buckner and Pete as well just really exemplifies that the movies has a strong ability to successfully convey realistic characters and human elements of their characters, whether they're protagonists or antagonists, you know, and this really heightens the relatability that the audience will have while watching Green Street Hooligans. So the movie has fairly strong cinematography, I would say, throughout However, there is one element that occurs throughout the movie that I didn't really like, and this was the use of shaky cams during action sequences. And, you know, it truly is shaky cams, and it's pretty much throughout, like, the duration of either all or the majority of the action sequences. And it's so shaky that it's at times, you know, hard to discern what exactly is really happening specifically might be you know obviously we know that people are fighting but it's like well i wish i could see this more clearly instead of you know having a headache or being sick to my stomach now but whatever i i do understand however why the director lexi alexander and the cinematographer alexander bono decided to do this that it does the shakiness of the sequences really does heighten the immersion that the audience has in feeling like you're right there but from a practical standpoint it's not really worth the risk of making your audience motion sick and kind of alienating them in that way especially since the action sequences are such an important part of the movie you would want those elements to be as you know, well portrayed and as ironed out as possibly they could be. That doesn't mean that the cinematography is bad by any ways, by any means. There is one very well shot scene in the third act where Bono utilizes a high angle shot and he does so to great effect and this creates a very powerful and memorable scene and it's likely to stick with you well after you watch the movie. So action sequence cinematography aside, uh, Lexi Alexander, the director here, really displays her robust uh, directing talent in Green Street Hooligans. Now the overall feel and style of the film from a director standpoint feels to me like a kind of a cool amalgam of uh, David Fincher and his cinematographer uh, Jeff Croninwith. Um, especially in their movies Fight Club and The Social Network. 
as well as a mix with a Quentin Tarantino-esque flair. Now, the Fincher and Cronenweth reflection is seen in the way Green Street Hooligans is or uses lighting, and it uses a more kind of neutral to warm sense of light that really reflects this green hue throughout the film, and that nicely reflects the green in the Green Street Elite and Green Street Hooligans. So that's a cool creative choice that they made there. Now, the Tarantino accent I picked up on during the action sequences where there'd just be this unique stylistic rock uh, commentative sound or, you know, a soundtrack to the action sequences that, you know, is more stylized. It's like, obviously it's, there is sound there, so it's not straight up verite where it's like, yeah, you're hearing people's jaws break all the time, but it's not necessarily like soundtrack or orchestration. It's more soundtrack that heightens the tension in terms of rock or pop or, you know, what other type of genre. And that's something that I have seen a lot in Tarantino movies where he'll have like a period piece and all of a sudden you just have a rock uh, ballad breakout when uh, there's a fight and it's like, well, that's kind of out of place, but this is your style. So I picked up a little bit on that here as well. Now, all of this is not to say that Lexi Alexander as a director is derivative of Fincher, Cronenweth, and Tarantino. Rather, you can really see how some of these other directors and cinematographers have influenced her, whether actively or passively, or whether or not they know it or she knows it. You know, it was clear to me as a viewer, like, wow, this really feels like Fincher and Tarantino. And I, I like that. I thought it was cool. But... Alexander also mixes that with her own unique style. So her Green Street hooligans really just, hopefully if you picked up on some of my description here, it really just pulls no punches. It's, you know, very vulgar and brutal and violent. But, you know, that that's often the case when you're talking about groups such as the GSE or similar groups now she was able to illustrate these elements of the vulgarity and the violence in a quite realistic manner and though the action sequences were a bit shaky for my taste the grisly nature was keenly and masterfully depicted so overall green street hooligans is a vulgar you know graphic and tense experience However, that doesn't mean that you should just write this off and not see it or give it a chance. But it is a film that is fundamentally about defending your family or your family unit, whether that's, you know, actually your blood family or friends, and, you know, doing what's right in that regard. So due to the graphic language, the violence, and the excessive use of alcohol, this movie is definitely not recommended for uh, younger audiences, and it's only intended for those mature audiences that align with, the, with its restricted rating. Now, when the MPAA, which is the Motion Picture Association of America, uses the descriptor of a, for a movie of having pervasive language, they don't really take that lightly, and Green Street Hooligans is no exception to that. The language is very bad. I think 
you know, it kind of reflects some of the uh, slang that other parts of the world use. But, you know, as an outsider, or especially, you know, when you're not in that type of a community or a group, it's going to be pretty shocking. <laughs> so just heads up for that. Those of a proper viewing age, you know, you could still be over 17, but not like the language or the violence. But I still think that you'll be able to really find and identify and appreciate the positive uh, undertones and messaging that is contained within Green Street Hooligans. Now, the movie just has an engrossing story and great characters, and it's sure to stick with you well after your viewing experience. So take that for what you will, and let me know if you watched the movie or if you've seen it before in the comments below and on social media, and we'll be sure to keep the conversation going there. So what is your favorite? It can either be a sports movie or kind of a similar like brawler fighter movie. Uh, either one of those two things or both. Let me know what your favorite films are in those terms. And also I'm curious about what your favorite Lexi Alexander movie is. So be sure to let me know either in the YouTube comments or on the social media channels. And we'll keep the conversation alive there. What did you think about, if you have seen the movie, what did you think about the shaky cam effect in the action sequences? Did you like that? Did it heighten the experience for you? For you? Or were you kind of turned off like I was and, you know, wish that they would have used another uh, cinematographic technique? Curious to hear your thoughts there. And also let me know what you thought of the use of the uh, lighting and kind of the green hue. Did you like that or was that kind of... Uh, two on the nose for you. Uh, let me know. I would also appreciate it if you would check out the written review if you prefer to read or you know you know people who would like to read instead of watch videos. My written reviews on popculturecrossing.com and I definitely appreciate it if you would give the YouTube channel a subscribe and the Twitter and social media accounts a follow and we'll keep the interaction alive there and that way you won't miss you know, what we're doing on social media and when we release a new review. So you'll be on the ground floor there. So thanks for watching. See you next time. Bye.